the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Jennifer Horn is funny, smart, and beautiful. And then there's Brian, who's, um, well, anyway, this is the morning answer. Thanks for joining us on your Wednesday morning answer. Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn, and an update happening uh, right now in the state of Georgia, where an election audit has uh, found more uh, uncounted ballots. Here's the update as of a few moments ago. 3,000 uncounted ballots turned up in Georgia as uh, the state was conducting an audit. That means a bag, literally, or box, I think is how they described it, of ballots 3,000 deep were found. They had not been tabulated. Now, this is added to the 2,755 ballots in uh, in Fayette County that un- that basically had been counted and the results have been put on a, on a thumb drive, yeah. but they were never actually tabulated. So they're calling those untallied ballots. Now you add this to a story that seems to be picking up and it's been happening on social media. I don't, we don't have verification from a major news outlet yet, but according to reports, there are 9,200, just over 9,200 ballots that have been transposed. So here's the story. Uh, 9,626, pardon me. There's a 9,626 vote error in DeKalb County in a hand count. One batch was labeled 10,707 for Biden with 13 going to Trump, which is a pretty improbable margin, even for DeKalb County, which is where I believe, um, is Atlanta? No, Atlanta is in Cobb, I believe. But the actual count for the batch was 1,081 votes for Biden and 13 votes for Trump. So 9,626 votes should be subtracted from the total of Joe Biden. And these, the numbers Jennifer has just given us matter, I to me, more when you assess these numbers against the backdrop of the difference between the candidates. And on the morning answer, right. that's what we have for you right here, okay? So right now, uh, the report out of the state of Georgia, uh, I'll, give you the, I'll give you the percentages. And again, keeping in mind that Jennifer just told us about these votes that have not yet been counted. Okay, so Joseph Biden is ahead at 49.5 percent of the vote. Mm -hmm. But listen to this number, two million four hundred seventy two thousand and ninety eight votes. That's what the former vice president has. The president of the United States, Donald Trump, has forty nine point two percent. But again, the second number against Biden's two million four ninety eight four seventy two ninety eight two four seven two ninety eight. The president has 2,458,121 votes. So that about 13,000 votes. about 13,000 votes. And now you have just offered um, this report that there's some 9,000 that, that haven't been counted. So uh, while I, um, <laughs> you know, wh- while I have emphasized the math, because in most cases to me, it looks hard to overtake. Uh, and even here, by the way, it's a challenge to overtake with because who really knows how many votes will be counted in as a result of the legality judged about them. But this is a state where almost six million people have voted, Jennifer, and uh, the difference is about 13 and a half 
thousand votes. Mm-hmm. That's a that, that matters. That's significant. That that is significant. It's not one, two, three, or four. I mean, I think most of us would say, okay, human error stuff happens. We're willing to have uh, five votes. I mean, we want every vote counted. But if there's one vote or five votes, like we're seeing in the in the recount in certain counties in Georgia. Okay, we can imagine that that's going to happen. But when you're talking about 2,000, 3,000, 9,000 votes, that really does make a difference. And the question is, with the 9,000 votes, that was a direct tallying error, adding stuff to to Biden's column, not to Trump's column. But for those 5,000, so the 3,000 and the 2,000 ballots that were not counted or tallied, that also impacts down-ticket races. We have some hotly contested Senate races going on in Georgia. There are congressional races. There are local races. And you would imagine that those have to, that has to have an impact on that. So sure. take the presidential stuff off the table for a while and think about how this impacts down-ballot as well. We're, listen, we're monitoring right now a race in Simi Valley and Santa Clarita. Mike Garcia, the congressman, the incumbent in District 25, is ahead by 422 votes over Christy Smith. And that's a big lead because the two of them have actually been separated by 100 votes over the last week and this this kind of stuff matters and and more and 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 yes i agree imagine guys and gals and folks here in the morning answer and jan and all of us your memories of voting especially if it's a paper ballot the mechanism sophistication i don't know if that term applies of the electronic voting forgive me i'm focusing in this moment on a paper ballot right so you have one ballot but on right. that ballot, you might be, and certainly I have, and quite certainly, Jennifer, you have in your lifetime voted on election day on maybe 12 different elections. And that means a, a city council person or a town commissioner or whatever it is. Yeah. And on that ballot, measures. ballot, correct. And on that ballot, now imagine that whole ballot representing outcomes or uh, uh, being significant consequential to the out they are votes and the outcomes of other elections where so fewer votes than a presidential election are cast so if if the number is nine thousand ballots there are contests in america there certainly were on tuesday between candidates where the total votes cast were not nine thousand so if that vote is thrown out in the presidential context well the ballot itself would also have to call into question the results of all of the other perforations and 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 uh, and votes designated on the remainder of that ballot. I I think you yeah. understand what I mean. No, absolutely. I mean, the, again, I don't mean to overlook one or two, but I think most of us sane, rational people think, okay, maybe in an election those small numbers might happen. But when you start to see it on this scope, you realize that we got to get it together, and this is somebody's job, you know. And and it's really easy for the secretaries of state in all of the in all of the states around the country to say, yeah, we got this right, because it's their job to ensure that they did. And now you have a little egg on the face of uh, the Secretary of State. The guy's a Republican. I'm not trying, you know, I'm not playing party politics. It here. is I'm, what I'm it is. I'm critical you know? of right. him for, for, I'm critical of everyone because I think everybody who has this most important job, one of the most important jobs in our country to ensure that we have a safe election, an election with integrity, so that the public doesn't lose trust and faith in the system. This is your, this is your gig, pal. We got to yeah. make sure that it all is working. And it, and we all notice it more. Our, our, we're heightened. Our, our interest in it is much higher for obvious reasons. And I'll say it, the divide in the country. Elections in America today, two weeks ago, 
literally, and elections before that and elections to come. They are – I'll only talk about the ones that have happened. I'm not going to talk about it. They are closer. They are razor-thin margins. This is not 1980. This is not 1984. It's not 1988. It's not 1996 where there were really just one guy won, and we yeah. all know who they were. And you, in, in, in your mind's eye, you say, I'd say the names, but for what? I certainly remember and know who the candidates were. The decision was clear. The the attention to uh, you know votes here and there that might be less than one half of one percentage of the total votes cast don't really in those years didn't matter because everybody knew what the what the it country wanted. Just makes you and wonder the sharp how divide wrong. means election officials roll up your sleeves, pay yeah. more attention to these numbers because um, you got to get it right because it only makes more bitter and more and more. A jagged the edge of the divide. Yeah, I think I think that's right, and I think this is only the beginning because uh, so much of our election process is going to be uh, now politicized. When you have questions about voting machines and about algorithms being implemented to uh, to dump votes, when you have people who are watching this election so closely, and a lot of people voted in this election, and overnight you saw the voting stop, and then all of a sudden in states like Michigan and in Pennsylvania you saw a hundred thousand votes pop up in Biden's column, and you go, wait a second. How did that happen? People are going to question, and you have to be prepared with answers. If it's on the up and up, be transparent and be prepared with answers as to how this stuff happens. In Nevada right now, Nevada is still being challenged. There's a a court challenge going on where 14,000-plus voters are believed to have voted not only in the state of Nevada but in another state as well, so double voters. Uh, That's being challenged right now today. The Arizona GOP chair, Kelly Ward, says that the presidential election is far from over in the state of Arizona. Arizona. All of this continues uh, two weeks after the election, and we will have um, always current updates for you. We ask you to join us in our Verify the Election project at Salem Radio all across the country. Salem Radio has joined forces in this cool project. Verify the election, sign the petition. You can do it right now, am870theanswer.com. It's right there at the top. You can't miss it. Verify the election. Add your name to the thousands, the tens of thousands of people uh, who listen to uh, Salem Radio, part of our Salem family, who are asking our government to verify the 2020 presidential election. As we continue, Gavin Newsom, hot evidence from his dinner at the French Laundry. There's a recall uh, effort in place, and Mike Netter is here to bring you up to speed on how that is going as your Wednesday Morning Answer continues. News and talk you can trust. The Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Thanks for joining us on The Morning Answer. Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn, and Gavin Newsom in the hot seat. Let's think about Gavin Newsom uh, if just for a second. The governor. Brian, the governor. Gavin Newsom. Uh, Newsom. What? Over the last several weeks, he lost a lawsuit and uh, essentially can, it was proven that his executive orders, the 50 plus of them that he's issued since COVID, were actually unconstitutional. He did not have the power. He overstepped his authority and uh, he can't issue those executive orders. It's a tough judgment for a governor. Anymore. He's fighting back, by the way, but it's a tough judgment. No doubt about that. It was also revealed that huh? he did not have the authority to implement universal mail-in voting in the state single-handedly. Remember, you need this something called the state legislature to help no, you out with these, <laughs> these things. Then let's fast forward to issuing a travel advisory because I can't issue those executive orders anymore more to all of us in California saying don't travel or celebrate Thanksgiving. Yet he got caught red-handed at the French Laundry at a large table celebrating his friend's 50th birthday. Those are just some of the reasons people the- might be looking at recalling the governor. And there is a new effort underway to do just that. Recall Gavin 2020 is the website. 
website. You can sign up right now. You want to download and sign the petition, recallgavin2020.com. Joining us is uh, one of the men behind this effort. Mike Netter is here with us. Mike, thanks for joining us on The Morning Answer. Well, thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here, even though I'm in California with not a governor. Let's get it correct. He's Emperor Newsom. Emperor Newsom. That's right. And he's wearing those new clothes. So fancy. Uh, The emperor has new clothes. Yes. I I think we could talk for days about the reasons why people might want to consider a recall of Gavin Newsom, Mike. But I think the more important question is that there are many Californians out there right now who say, oh, I've signed that already. I can't sign it again. But this is a new effort. And many people have not signed this one. And you need their signatures, right? So how do you know if you have already signed? And what should you do if you haven't? Well, let's do some clarifications, and I'm going to get my plugs in here. I am one of the main proponents of RecallGavin2020.com. And if you go to the site, here's what you're going to find the petition to download. But this petition isn't quite as new as it sounds. We started it June 10th, all right? And we technically had 160 days to get this done. However, there's one lawsuit that Gavin also lost on November, uh, well, actually November 2nd, and that was because he's been holding us down because of this little thing called COVID you've heard about. Ah, uh, yeah. We, we, yeah, it's, it's been in the news occasionally. Yes, yes, sure yes. Tell us more. talk about it on your show from time to time. We have a 120-day extension until March 17th. So if you've signed since June 10th, you're good. But I want to stress, online petitions don't count. This is actually a live drive, a true petition to get the recall on the ballot. Uh-huh. And we're technically nonpartisan. Now, if you oh. sign twice, don't worry about it because oh. we're getting the signatures verified right. before we turn them into the Board of Registers. Mike Netter, I have a question for you. There's an important question here, Mike. Excited. <laughs> it's good to talk to you. Happy Wednesday, my friend. Uh, it's not. We'll talk about numbers here. And you mentioned November two of of this year, and and you you're trying, and hey, it's your right to do it. You're trying to recall Gavin Newsom, the governor of California. Here's probably some numbers uh, that probably are not at the, on the top of your recitation of numbers list. And I'm just being honest with you. On November 6th of 2018, which feels like a thousand years ago, it was two years ago. And you know this, Mike, you know what I'm going to say to you. 7,721,000 Californians voted for Gavin Newsom to be governor. This was not even two years ago. 7,721,000 people. By contrast, his opponent, a very good guy, John Cox, a friend of the show, got three million fewer votes than Gavin Newsom. Mike, with all due respect, it's tough to try to convince the people of California that they don't want, didn't want, and generally want out of public life Governor Gavin Newsom with those kinds of numbers, isn't well, it? Well, let me, let me come back at you here, my friend, because I like numbers. I'm no math guy. So we need 12% of the people that voted for governor last time to do a public recall. And here's the difference in a recall. We need 1.475 million signatures, all right? We already have 800,000 to get a recall on the ballot, all right? And a recall is a little bit different as a special election than a general election. By the way, we're taking your numbers, if 5 million people voted for John Cox last time, we only need 40% of those to get the recall on the ballot. And really, whether you're for or against 
moving forward with Gavin Newsom, it gives you a chance to open up the debate with what's happening this year. Now, when we get 1.7 million of those signatures within 30 days, that triggers a special election. And what's different is you either vote for Gavin, yes or no, to continue as governor. You can kind of guess where my vote's going to go, right? And then you vote from a slate of candidates. So it's a little bit different than a general election and also gets around the challenge we have in California of a jungle primary. And by the way, there are 6 million NPPs in the state who don't always participate in the process. Back to you, Brian. That means – no, no. Je- <laughs> okay, that Wait, means no party preference. <laughs> but, uh, NP- well, by the way, what are you doing tomorrow? <laughs> NPP means no party preference. Those are people who are true that? independents. I figured you guys knew that. Yeah. Well, no, but t- oh, by the way, Mike, you'd be amazed at what the audience knows, and I have no I- – I mean what we might have and they might – generally they know more, but I pass along what I have. Jen, back to you. Because you're on radio every day. I I, I love this. I love back to you. Back to you. All right. Our guest is Mike Netter. He is with the Recall Gavin 2020 campaign. RecallGavin2020.com. And here's what I think is really the takeaway, Mike, is not that this is an online petition. You want to go to that website. And the process is that you pull down the petition. You sign it. You can even have your friends and family sign this. And then you can mail it in to uh, the place where you're actually compiling all of those signatures. How many do you need? And what is your time frame right now? Because I think okay, that so matters. This is I'm going to jump in because I know my time is short. Not on the planet, hopefully, but on your show. Oh, God okay, please, so please. let me jump in here, all right? Yes. We need 1.475 million signatures. That means with something thrown out, don't worry about double signing. We need about 1.8 right. million. Now, this is being done with volunteers, and I'm talking as fast as I can. It's the largest initiative. Don't, Mike, in America relax. relax. Yeah, we've got time. Okay? You're fine. Mike, please. It's just right. a couple of people sitting around chatting. Go ahead, dude. Okay, a largest initiative in American history. Now, all the political pundits, the same ones that have been 0 16 in the last elections in California, in case you're keeping score, right, said you can't do it with volunteers because exactly, Brian, what you said. Well, there aren't enough people kicked at Gavin Newsom. Well, we've already collected almost a record number with volunteers. We have 800,000, about 700,000. We get them pre-verified by a separate service before turning them in. Now, we have until March 21st now with the extension to get this on the ballot. So there's plenty of time. You're right. Online doesn't count. And what we've also done, which is a little bit different, is we have an eight and a half by 11 petition because most of your listeners and you folks, too, probably don't have legal paper at home. So you can print it out, gather signatures, donate if you can, and simply mail it in. Jen, question. Uh, Mike, uh, hold hold, just one second, Mike. Jennifer? Yes. No, no, my friends. We love you, Mike. It's It's fine. It's it's just, it's easy. Um, You know, What's up? Jennifer, question. How about this prospect? Uh, An involuntary government orchestra mail to people the petitions. So people don't have to leave their house. You can just mail to them petition recalls and they don't have to leave the house and they don't even have to but ask for it. I understand they actually but down, it, they download it. Well, but how about we just mail it right to them? It's a petition to recall Governor Newsom. Would you be for or against just mailing it out? Anything having to do with recall of of Gavin Newsom, I'm all about. And you want to ah. throw in Garcetti, we could do that too. Hey, Mike, yes. Let, let, me, let me give you something else. We have 30 Gavin seconds, himself. Mike. I know. Gavin himself, the emperor, asked, 
When you have people over on Thanksgiving, when you have people running the house, you are supposed to write down their name for the communist handbook. And I actually agree with Gavin. And what you're going to do for all your listeners out there is write their names down on a recall. Uh, yeah, talk you about dialing up the, the political man, debate at Netter. family Thanksgivings, Jen. No, right? have that petition Start it with ready. a petition. If that 50-person Thanksgiving, have it ready. Ready to go. Mike Netter from Thanks, Mike. Recall, uh, Gavin Newsom. You can follow him on Twitter, at Netter Mike. But more importantly, go to RecallGavin2020.com. Download the petition. All right, a big hearing in the Senate. You won't believe what Twitter had to say about their censorship. We'll have it for you as your Wednesday Morning Answer continues. The Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Jen is the conservative crusader. Brian is our lovable liberal. Welcome to The Answer. Thanks for joining us. It is The Morning Answer. It is Wednesday, working our way towards the weekend. Yes. And uh, Pop culture note. Yes, of course. We just heard Video Killed the Radio Star. First song played on MTV. Video playing music videos. Us. By the way, it didn't kill the MTV didn't kill the radio star. In fact, MTV killed music videos. Right. Because if you turn that channel on, you don't see any music videos no. anymore. And guess what you do see? The radio. Video killed Take the that. video star. So right there to you guys on the way out. A little insult to you, Can I ask folks a at MTV. What? We may actually, you know what? Hold on. What? I think we actually have to consult the whip. <laughs> the enforcer. Katie, the enforcer, yes. Katie, um, because you are a young person. Yeah. Does, yes, Jen. Do do people still make music videos? Yes, they do. Yeah, in fact, they do. They do. Can we hear you on the air? Because that's a really that more important question, actually. Thank you, Jennifer. Yeah, there's have a, a professional. There you go. Uh, Hold on, one second. Let me give you the, the proper was not going proper there's, introduction. Katie, the enforcer. Katie, the enforcer, our executive producer. Do you care to see a music video that accompanies the song that you listen to, Katie? I mean. Sometimes, I guess, if, you know, there's nothing on TV and you just want to zone out, like, sure, put on YouTube. People care about music videos anymore? Do they invest a lot of money? Because they sure did. Remember, like, Sledgehammer was a big, I hated that song, but that was like, I feel like, it depends, like, you know, Taylor Swift has always got, like, a good video. Right. She does have a good video. But why? uh, Great song, stupid video. Yeah, uh, and, but again, MTV, they were the pioneers of bringing the videos to us, and they don't show them anymore. No. But the radio continues, and thank you for being here on The Morning Answer. I say and AM 870, LA, Orange County, AM 590, radio, and on the AM 870 app and the at-home smart speakers. And thank you, by the way, for keeping us in line, Katie. Thank you, Jennifer. All right. Try to remember to turn my mic on. Yeah, very good. All right. Easy with the, with the cattiness, ladies. <laughs> Are you calling Kelly? Okay. All right. It's Nancy. So, Pl- How about that laugh? Hillary and Nancy pants, man. Two of the most. <laughs> and they say Halloween was canceled. Wow. I don't Please. Think- it's right there. Okay. Yesterday uh, in the Senate, in the Judiciary Committee, there was a big hearing about uh, social media, social media censorship. In fact, I think at this very time, yesterday on the program, we actually put out a, well, we tried to lay a trap like Scooby-Doo. That's right. We brought up the mystery machine. We sent a, I helped, I helped craft this, this tweet for, for Brian. Yes. Yes. And uh, we did a stop the steals tweet and we put it out to see if you would get marked. Censored. Censored. Or if there would be like, hey, this might be false information. My stated desire at this time was to get into Twitter jail. So we created a brief tweet, even less than 143 characters, where I said that Dominion voting system wanted to take down Donald Trump, hashtag stop the steal, lock him up, the president of Dominion voting. Twitter, 
But I got retweeted a gazillion times, and a lot of people seem to enjoy it. Twitter, this mm-hmm. is now here's the Twitter did not react. However, when the story and the clip of the morning answer broadcast was played on Facebook, again, Facebook was not the platform that had, quite frankly, anything to do with what we did. But when we told the story of what we tried to do and what we did do by exciting folks on Twitter, Twitter didn't censor me, but Facebook tagged the story about the tweet. <laughs> I swear that's true. I love it. Facebook has been adding election results to anybody that's who's the posting one I got. about that's anything. That's the tag I got right. for full election. Which, I, when, you, you think I don't know them guys? But Get out it's of here. so irritating. Come on. Jack Dorsey yesterday took some heat from especially Lindsey Graham and Ted Cruz, even, even Senator Coons, who's a Democrat, and wanted to go after him and said, can you start to censor climate denialism? Like – Chris, it's a suggestion box this for shutting like other a people up. Name thing you'd like Twitter to censor. This is about less hey, censorship. Jack, Jack, I don't want to hear any more about these transgender people having Senator, the right to a singular bathroom. Senator Can we Coons put that like, in there, please? Senator Coons, like, um, any picture of me that makes me look extra bald? Could you take that down, Jack? Thanks, your peach. All right. So Jack Dorsey yesterday was asked about the New York Post, and this is where this debate all started. The New York Post put out a story about Hunter Biden's laptop. The New York Post had the story pulled down and not just censored, but the account was actually moved, wiped off of Twitter. So Jack Dorsey was asked, and I say that nicely, about that whole thing, the whole reaction from Twitter about the New York Post. Thank you to the members of the Judiciary Committee for the opportunity to speak with the American people about Twitter and your concerns around censorship and suppression of a specific news article and generally what we saw in the 2020 U.S. elections conversation. We were called here today because of an enforcement decision we made against the New York Post based on a policy we created in 2018 to prevent Twitter from being used to spread hacked materials. This resulted in us blocking people from sharing a New York Post article publicly or privately. We made a quick interpretation using no other evidence that the materials in the article were obtained through hacking and according to our policy, we blocked them from being spread. Upon further consideration, we admitted this action was wrong and corrected it within 24 hours. Now, here's the problem. He did not correct it within 24 hours because the New York Post was banned from Twitter for weeks. Now, he said they weren't banned. They were just locked. The point is no one could post. No one could see the New York Post. So whether they call it locked or banned or on time out. They were not expressed. They were not allowed to have presence. Now, Ted Cruz went back and forth with Jack Dorsey from Twitter. About this quote, quote, third party organizations, candidates and political activists Uh, Voter fraud is particularly possible where, quote, third party organizations, candidates and political party activists are involved in, quote, handling absentee ballots. Would you flag that as potentially misleading? I don't I don't you don't know the specifics of how we might enforce that, but I imagine um, a lot of these would would uh, have a label pointing people to a bigger conversation. Well, you're right. Well, you're right. You would label them because you've taken the political position right now that voter fraud doesn't exist. I would note both of those quotes come from the Carter Baker Commission on Federal Election Reform. That is Democratic President Jimmy Carter and former Secretary of State James Baker. And Twitter's position is essentially voter fraud does not exist. Are you aware that just two weeks ago in the state of Texas, a woman was charged with 134 counts of election fraud? Are you aware of that? I'm not aware of that. 
If I tweeted that statement with a link to the indictment, would you put a warning on it that says, well, the Democratic Party position right now is voter fraud doesn't exist? I, I, I don't think it's useful to get into hypotheticals, but I, I don't believe so. You, you don't believe so? Well, we're going to test that because I'm going to tweet that and we'll see what you put on it. Get him, Ted man. Cruz, <laughs> Jack Dorsey, in the SVU must-see episode of the year, Alex Maligned. Will defied. That's right. I um. I would have stopped, Jack. I would have turned his microphone off after at the one hundred and forty fourth word. Uh, and Carter. I was like, well, no, 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 Carter. And by the way, I, I know a thing or two about that. The the uh, the Carter effort with former Secretary of State James Baker, whose name is on it, was from not from the Carter years of the late nineteen seventies, but done in two thousand five. So mm-hmm. Ted is still rel- Ted Cruz submitted information from that. It is a fifteen year old study about voter fraud. I think we all know things kind of amped up a little bit since that time although i don't know but that's where that comes from just so folks might wonder about right that. and uh ted cruz saying oh why why jack why do you pretend voter fraud doesn't exist why are you marking stuff and i don't want to suggest there's never a bad time to talk about jimmy carter I every know. time is I a saw good you time salute. i know i salute him i the man is 95 Close. he's up there he's and by the way he's uh He's doing well. He's continuing. He had a fall. You know, he's a, God bless Jimmy Carter. He's, still, he's a great man. He's still doing it. And uh, that brings us actually to uh, to the next bit of info. Are you past your prime? Mm. I am. If you you think, are, you know, it seems a pro- no. It's you'll be surprised when the average person thinks that they are past <laughs> their prime. As your Wednesday morning answer continues. <laughs> Why can't conservatives and liberals just get along? They can. Welcome to The Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Thanks for joining us. It's your Wednesday Morning Answer, Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn. We love having you here. We are all working our way towards the weekend, working our way towards Thanksgiving week. Just a week and a day away. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you. Question for you, Brian Whitman. Yes, my love, my best (laughs) friend in the world, Jennifer Horn. A question from you. I'm obligated to answer because I want to answer. You're such a good friend. Thank you. I love you a lot. I, I love you that. too. At what age are you past your prime? Well, you know, no, no, no. Wait. There's a problem on this show. I got a call, human resource. Folks, if you're a morning answer, long haul listener, suffer, someone say, <laughs> uh, there's a trend here. I have to remind you of something, and this is true whether you remember it or not. Mm-hmm. This year in 2020, mm-hmm. you've done a couple of stories. I remember the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I noted to you that, that um, we were talking to Pete Peterson about the uh, interactive map for COVID they did at Pepperdine. Well, you and I are talking on the air. CNN has a graphic, and it's not on, we're on the radio. We're just watching the muted television and the crawl, the headline. Who's most likely to get COVID-19? This is before any morning answer corporate COVID moved in. Right. A 47-year-old man will get it. I'm yeah. sitting there at 47. You see it. I see it. Yeah. You sort and of I laugh at me. And I pointed and laughed. And Pete Peterson is talking about yeah. the School of Public Policy at Pepperdine. Right. And I, I consumed it, internalized it. Then – it was only months later mm-hmm. that you said to me, uh, Susie Sunshine, uh, uh, Donna Do-Gooder, and never wanted to hurt anyone. Hey, uh, Brian, randomly, uh, what? so like, what do you think is the age uh, when someone is, is, is most miserable? Yeah. Open-ended question. And I went, um, if the answer is my current age of 48, I would think you're a bad person. And, and I you said, said, well, of course it's 48. <laughs> of course it is. 
So you have a trend well, of finding look, stories at some insidious such, website. Because you made such a big deal about the first one and subsequently an even bigger deal about the second story. Well, now you? I am on the hunt. I actually have my Google alerts set. Oh, so two. whenever there's a survey that comes out about a 48-ish-year-old man, yeah. I'm going to put that in our show prep. It's just, it's so you are active, you're lying in wait. Oh, absolutely. You are actively waiting to find stories to make me feel <laughs> badly about my age. That's how Jennifer laughs when she sees a new Google story about the doom of a 48-year-old. <laughs> so I ask you, you, you're a wonderful talent and a great presenter of yes. information. What do you got? Well, I have for you today some news. <laughs> the survey was 2,000 Americans who say that um, – at least according to the research, that the average American starts feeling old huh? at the age of 47. 47. Been there, done that. I'm 48 now, so I guess, Jen, the you're suggestion in that category. from your masochistic Now, here's sadistic. the good news. You're no, not, no, 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 there's no good news, Jennifer. You're not here yet. You're I'm, a, I'm beyond it. I'm 48. Similarly, said- the average respondent starts to really worry about age-related body changes <clears throat> Around 50, oh, 50 the, years old. Those to look forward to. So, uh, so, so while I did live through my 47th year without experiencing the total misery that, that you, with a smile, present to me as late-breaking news verified by some clinical group, it's not as bad because I did get through it. But before you wipe the smile off your face, Whitman, you big fatso, by the time you get to 50, that body of yours, which isn't so much to look at right now, it's fallen apart like a, like a, like a Farfagnugan, like a Volkswagen with Farfagnugan. You're going down, Whitman. You're going down. You're going down. You're going down. And if you think the balance of this decade of your pathetic, lonely, miserable life is going to be anything but the aforementioned feelings, you are wrong. You do not exactly always lift me up. <laughs> I'm trying here. So here's the deal. You're not alone in this in this terrible thing. Of course, the one thing we all have in common is we all get older. And yeah. apparently that's one of but the biggest. But when we're younger, it's sure more fun to talk about the older. I'm not that far behind you. But the big worry for Americans, 65% say growing old is a general uh, – Always a contender in their top fears. When asked about specifics, nearly half said they're mostly concerned about the mental declines that so often come with old age, which you've seen. And on a related note. Excuse me. (laughs) Excuse me. I was wondering if you were listening. I'm always listening. I uh, have experience and I've always had, uh, you know, some uh, depression, uh, clinical Mm -hmm. sometimes, but not really. I've had a degree of anxiety. I will say this. You're offering these numbers. Did you see the Lancet? Organization's health research. No, one tell in, me about it. One in five long haul COVID sufferers. One in five people who have suffered through and thank goodness lived through COVID nineteen. One in five of them mm-hmm. within fifteen to ninety days of the illness mm-hmm. uh, develop twenty percent develop. Listen to these conditions: severe symptoms of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Depression sound like anyone you know so far, and insomnia. Okay, so let me just so, let me let me put no, no, a, no, no, let no, me no, just no. rest your little mind. Uh, here comes Larry H. Parker. You stay right there. Here's what's happening. You first of all had really no symptoms with your COVID, and second of no, all, no, no, it's symptoms. You like had it. anxiety, depression, and yes, insomnia. Oh, yes, I know, Miss Miss Smarty Pants. And guess what? I know you I designed the whole segment like to tear COVID. me down. But guess what else? I no, did no, no, no. Uh, yes, sir. God. And let me give this to you, please, for, from the report. You know what else it says? What? 
COVID sufferers who had pre-existing conditions of the aforementioned insomnia, anxiety, and depression after the COVID, the 20% were developing these symptoms. For them, like me, who had it before, it's exacerbated and exponentially worse. I am holding the short oh, end boy. of the COVID stick. It is a medical you condition. You didn't even have a stuffy nose. Jennifer, you were asymptomatic. You did. Oh, but I, but I love you. Something. And hey, I have some good Jennifer. news for you, though. No, no, no. You didn't even have a positive You're test right. I was result. negative the whole way po- through. I have a positive test result, and I'm living in the throes of anxiety and depression. <laughs> I know, but Months you have, let's later, be Can you have a little compassion? Let's, I do have compassion. You were raised by really that's, great people. That's Just going on for a long Okay, thank you very much. Okay, I'm now some, good. I guess, good news if you're a vaccine person. I don't know how I feel about this yet. Let you know. But Pfizer said today, this morning, that new test results show that their coronavirus vaccine is now 95% effective. 95% was the number Moderna gave. Pfizer last week, it said 90%. 90. Now they're 90? at 95% efficacy. They also say it's safe and it protects older people most at risk of dying. And this was the data that they needed to seek emergency use of those limited supplies. So this is what they needed, this piece of the puzzle, to get the expedited FDA approval. They figure that within the next 19 days or so, they should have that. So it is very possible that those vaccines will start rolling out in December and uh, and be available for at least the most vulnerable that want to get this vaccine by the end of the year. Moderna has theirs. We're talking about Pfizer in cooperation with BioNTech, a German company. They say 95% effective in final results is in final results is their COVID-19 vaccine. We shall follow it closely. Yeah, still be shutting down the government, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll find a reason. Thanks for joining us on this Wednesday. Make it a great day. It's nine o'clock.